Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we're talking about how to create your dream home and why it's not as out of reach as you might think. I'm excited about this episode because for most of us, home is a really important part of who we are. It's where our lives happen and so many sweet memories are made. And if you're anything like me, you want it to be a place that feels comfortable and beautiful and inspiring and feels like you. And also you want a space that really functions for you and your family and almost like takes care of you in a way. But is it possible to create our dream home even if we don't have a huge budget or tons of experience with home renovations? That's what we're talking about today. Our guest for today's episode is my new friend, Noelle Jett. Noelle is the creative force behind the popular Jet Set Farmhouse, where she and her husband, Daniel, along with their five children, share their lives, DIY tips, cleaning and organization hacks, and their home building journey with their millions of followers. She recently released a new book called Create Your Dream Home on a Budget, Practical Advice, Inspiration and Projects, and I cannot wait for you to hear her heart behind it. But before we dive in, I have a resource I would love to share with you. It's called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next. Now, here's the thing. We all find ourselves in between places throughout our lives, especially these days, right? Maybe you're waiting for something, longing for something, or working for something, but it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe you know where you wanna go, but you have no clue how to get there. Or maybe you know you're not where you wanna be in life, but you don't know exactly what needs to change or how to change it, and you don't know how to figure any of that out. Maybe you're trying to make a big decision and you have no idea which option to choose. Or maybe you're feeling like the whole world has turned upside down in the last handful of years, taking your life and your plans and any sense of security right along with it. And in all of it, you're trying to trust God with the future, but you're just not sure how to practically do that and how to quiet the fear and anxiety all this uncertainty has brought up in your heart. Friends, that's what The Between Places is here for. Through 100 guided prayer prompts, The Between Places will help you trust God with the trickiest, most uncertain, and most important parts of your life. It'll help you believe more fully than ever that God is good, that He loves you, and that He's taking care of you. It'll help you live today with more contentment, step into the future with more courage and faith, and rest in God's peace knowing that He's with you every step of the way. To pick up a copy, just head to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com. And that link will also be in our show notes. All right, friends, you ready? Let's jump into the episode with Noelle. Friends, I am so excited for who you get to meet today. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Noelle Jett. Noelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is so fun. Um, Okay, so for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Absolutely. So like I said, my name is Noelle. I live with my husband, Daniel, and our now five children in beautiful, sunny St. Augustine, Florida. For those of you that may be dealing with snow and ice and cold right now, I'm looking out at a beautiful blue lagoon and sunny skies. So... So we live in the wrong spot is yes, basically you live the, in the truth. wrong spot. Yeah. Uh, so my <laughs> husband and I renovate and build homes and do lots of DIYs and share our lives on social media. We homeschool our children 
And a fun fact about me is I love salt, specifically Malden sea salt flakes. If you have never tried them, you were missing out. And I may or may not carry a little Ziploc baggie of them in my purse so that I always have them on hand because they make every dish taste so much better. And I have never got arrested for crack cocaine yet. <laughs> oh my, <gosh. laughs> my daughter's always teased me like, mom, that looks like a little baggie of drugs. <laughs> You're like, uh, like, careful in the airport, mom. Um, I know. That is amazing. Uh, I've never tried the salt flakes, but now I'm like, okay, I need to. You so you just put it on like, anything. Everything? It's a finishing salt. So literally just right on the top of anything you eat. I have heard salt and... Salt, I mean, salt on chocolate makes it like... Oh, absolutely. Wait, I mean, like a, I've, I've never I tried like, salt, salted caramel, salt, salted chocolate, but like I've never DIY salted. I like either. taking um, the, sea, the caramels that I like and literally dipping it in the sea salt flakes. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> that is impressive. Okay, okay. All right. And we all need to go out and get it. Um, do you need to... Yeah, Grab babe, baby. if you want to bring him in here, she knows what's going on and I can feed him real quick. As long as you're, as soon as I feed him, you can take him back. Okay, okay. Come here, little one. Oh my okay. gosh. He's a really loud eater. So if it picks up on the camera, on the sound, sorry. Moms need like yes. extra awards in life. Just. Seriously? Yes. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, you're fine. Um, okay, so I, I need to know, you have a new book out, right? It's yeah. It's out. Now. Everywhere, yes, it's yes. out everywhere. Yes. Um, it's called "Create Your Dream Home on a Budget: Practical Advice, Inspiration, and Projects." And so, before we dive into all the things I have to ask you about today, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, growing up, like, what was it that led you to have this passion for creating dream homes? Absolutely. So, I was actually raised in what I describe as a cult, a religious cult. And a very sheltered, um, very poverty stricken area. And so I was never, you know, the, the only access to beautiful homes and design and all of those things were some magazines that my grandmother always kept on her front porch. So she always had like country home or country living and, you know, beautiful homes and garden, all this stuff. She had those on her front porch and she had this old Victorian home. And I would love to sit on her front porch swing and flip through these magazines because it just gave me this idea of a life that I had no idea existed in reality. And I was always so enamored by them. Little did I know that they were really fueling a fire inside of me that would take you know another 20 years to come to light. But that was kind of how that initial seed was planted. And then as far as the DIY aspect of it, growing up in poverty, if you wanted anything done, you had to figure out how to do it yourself. You know, you definitely didn't just hire things out. So my dad renovated my entire childhood home over the course of 20 years. And when I'm when I say he DIY'd it, I mean literally we go down to the creek beds and pick rock and bring them home and put them in the fireplace. Like, you know, sourcing the materials uh -huh. from the ground itself. Yeah. So that was something that was just ingrained in me as a little girl. So when I met Daniel, my husband, and he shared with me that he had a lifelong dream of building his own home with his own hands, I didn't think twice about it becoming our dream, a shared dream. And instantly from the moment he told me that, it became something we started working toward bringing to life together. That's, that's amazing. I think, you know, I think one of the biggest 
pushbacks I see when people start talking about dream homes is like, kind of, it, it must be nice. You know, it, a dream home feels like it's something that's only attainable for some people. And I feel like you've gotten to prove that that's not the case. Absolutely. Have you- Absolutely. And I mean, I can definitely thank my parents for that aspect because my dad, like he figured it out. He may not have been able to afford to, you know, just order whatever building materials he wanted, but he figured out a way to make an absolutely adorable home that had, you know, just the coolest rock work ever and got it for free. So it doesn't always have to be something that you're spending a fortune on. And it doesn't always mean that it's huge either. It can be very small and um, not have a ton of extra space and still be exactly what you dream of. It doesn't always mean something like large and extravagant. (laughs) What was the process like of you guys building your first, like bringing that to life? Is that, did you guys like, were we able to save up, you know, as much so, money as we think yes, that we're supposed as, to? Or as, like... as, as you supposed to think, yes. yes. <laughs> How much we actually needed, nowhere near, but what we thought we needed. So for the course of seven years, so after we met, got married for the next seven years, we had that goal, but it, you know, it, it was like a far away thing like that we were working toward, but we started looking for land. And where we live in Florida, it's just really hard to find land. It's not like out in, you know, where I grew up in Missouri, where there's just, you know, you want land, you go get it. Here, if you want to be anywhere close to things, you just have a really hard time finding something that's not like low lying or, you know, does that have any pretty trees on it? It's just not abundant here. So we kind of casually would look. And one day I saw a lot for sale just up the road from us. And I sent it to my husband. And I said, I know you're not going to like this because it doesn't have any pretty trees on it, which was one of our qualifiers, um, but it's a really good price, you know, maybe. And he's like, no, but I was on that exact road the other day. And at the very end, there's a vacant lot and it's beautiful. I wonder if maybe they would be interested in selling it. So we went on the county appraiser's website, found these people's address. And at first I wrote them a letter. And I explained who we were and what we were trying to accomplish. And I was going to mail it to them. Well, the very next day, Daniel calls me and he's like, Hey, I just happen to be right by those people's house. Do you think it would be weird if I knocked on their door and asked them if they would sell the land to us? And I said, well, they're either going to love you or they're going to shoot you. So just you know, get your words out really fast, like what you're trying to say. So he did. He stopped by and he talked to them and we ended up purchasing the land from them. <laughs> we ended up purchasing the land from them. And that was the very first step and many, many more that were very challenging. <laughs> that is so wild. Um, what, like what, how did you, what was the next step after that? Like, so you, you buy a piece of land yes. and then... We started looking at house plans. Like what, what do we want this house to look like? And Daniel came at it from a very budget mindset and I came at it from a very aesthetic mindset. So I would find, you know, these beautiful houses with gables and porches. And he's like, nope, that's not practical. Nope. You know, like everything I found that I loved, he was like, eh. And finally, we come across this one, which is the one we ended up building. And I swear, the second we both laid eyes on it, we were like, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> so we get, the, we get those plans and then we take them to a local architect 
and we completely customized the inside. So we used like the exterior shell and then we just completely redid the inside to what we wanted. And we looked, so the things we were looking for to make it budget friendly were as rectangular of a shape as possible because every time, you know, it goes out, like a jut is what we call it, um, your price goes up and you have a place for water intrusion. So the more rectangular shape you can keep it, the better off it's going to be from a price perspective and just down the road. And then building up versus out. So you want something, you know, two story is cheaper to build than a one story that's bigger. So that was kind of the qualifiers we were looking for. And then as simple of a roof line as possible. And at one point, the um, architect was like, did you mean to make this one roof this way? And Daniel's like, yep, we did. Because, you you know, you just want to keep it as low cost as possible. So we got our plans all done. And at this point, we were probably planning on doing, you know, most of the work ourselves. But at this point, it was not an all-in project. When it changed was we went to lunch with some two representatives from BMC, Building Materials Company. Um, and we were there to talk about windows. And one of them mentioned something called ReadyFrame. And I was like, wait, what, what is ReadyFrame? And they kind of described it to us as like an old Sears kit house where the whole house arrives in like a package and you just kind of put it together like a puzzle. And okay. they had figured out a way to do it that didn't have the flaws that originally drove the Sears kit homes to stop being produced. And so they take your plans, optimize them in their system, make all your cuts for you, bundle it up and send it to your house. And then you just assemble it, adding in your King's Jackson studs. So we got a big workbook about this thick, three, you know, five inches thick. And every single wall had a diagram. And you just followed the workbook and you put these walls together. And we said, you know, like on a scale of one to 10, how difficult would you say this would be? And they're like, ah, we'd say a three. You know, you're, you're, 12-year-old daughter, whatever she was at the time, she could do it. She could get out there and help you guys. So we were like, man, that would save us, you know, like $40,000 if we could frame this house ourselves instead of hiring a framer. And that was, you know, a big portion of our budget. So that's what we did. We dove in head first and figured out how to frame the house ourselves. <laughs> was it? Oh my gosh, that is wild. It was wild. <laughs> Do you... um? Was it a three? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> there were parts of it that were even a one, I would say. Like, that, you know, once you got going and you kind of figured out what you were doing, it was super simple. However, some of the things were definitely a little bit harder than a three. I, I mean, especially when you got into like the trusses and all of that aspect of it, which thankfully we had a friend that had framing experience and he came over and helped Daniel do that part of it. <laughs> so then, you, so you guys had like, the walls up essentially or the the framing done so then did you how much more of it did you DIY so we did all of it ourselves except for the rough plumbing the insulation like the spray foam insulation the roof because I told Daniel it was far too dangerous and scary for him to be up there doing the roof so we had someone came in and did the roof and then um there was oh the sheet the um, drywall we had someone come in and do the drywall it was just way more cost efficient to have someone come in and do it because, you know, mm-hmm. two people paying a drywall would take forever. Whereas they come in with like their stilts and their little screwdrivers and they had it done in like two days. <laughs> so you guys did everything, everything else, else Yeah, in-house. How did you, I mean, so you had this five-page 
workbook for how to do That was just all. for framing. So how once did it was you figure framed, out? Were you like YouTubing stuff? Yes, literally. YouTubing things, looking at books, talking to experts. Like, you know, Daniel has been in the construction industry doing like tile flooring. So we had a lot of connections and friends that were GCs and electricians, plumbers. So we would just talk to people and say like, hey, you know, this is what we're doing, you know, and pick their brain, get their advice. Or we'd pay them like a fee and they'd come over and walk us through it, make sure Daniel knew what he was doing, follow up and make sure he'd done it properly, uh, pull the permits for us. Like, you know, we just thought outside the box and figured out ways we could DIY it and figure it out for ourselves. How much money did you end up saving by doing it yourself? (sighs) Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't even know that answer. But generally, like when Daniel builds bids out a project, you're usually looking at 50% of your margin is going to labor. So I, but I don't know, you know, we still hired some teams out. So I don't know. I wouldn't say we saved exactly 50%, but I'm, I could say I did 30 or 40%. That is so wild. That is so know. incredible. Do you like, so if someone is wanting, I guess I, I kind of, in the same way that they told you that that um, kit was going to be like a three out of 10 difficulty. If someone is thinking, you know, I want, I want a dream home. I don't know that I can go out and buy one that's already <laughs> done or um, like there's going to, I'm going to need to figure out a way to think outside the box with right. this. Like how, how difficult is this? Is this something that a normal person can do? Or is this like, if you weren't born Chip and Joanna Gaines, like it's not going to happen, you know, like... Well, I am of the mindset that anything is figure outable. So if it is truly something you want to do and you have the time and the ability to figure out the resources available, I don't think anything is out of the realm of possibility. But it does come down to how much time do I have available And how much am I willing to learn and figure out? So if you're a scrappy person that is like, you know what, I'm going to make this happen. I think it's doable for anybody. Would I recommend starting with something a little bit smaller than we did? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like we couldn't have started with like an 1800, like, you know, rectangle, one-story house. Like, no, we had to start out with like this gargantuan, massive thing. Oh my gosh, it was so big. (laughs) How many square feet was it? It was, I mean, it wasn't that big, but for a first time house, yes. It was uh, 3,700 heated and cooled. And then I think like 4,500 Okay, that is a large house. Exactly. That is like, yeah, to that DIY, is not, yes. <laughs> that is, inc- that's really incredible. Um, How do we, you know, we kind of talked about the fact that um, a dream home can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, How do we figure out like, what a dream home is for us. Like size or how it functions or um, especially because I think, you know, we pull up, if, if you spend any time on Pinterest or Instagram or something, the ideas of what a dream home looks like is like perfection and huge and millions of dollars. And, you know, it's like, it seems like that's what um, a dream home should be. So like, what else can dream home be? And how do we figure out what that is for us? Right. I think redefining it for yourself is so important. And I think I'm really glad that Pinterest wasn't as big of a deal. And I wasn't even on social media when we first made our plans because I think it's so overwhelming. Because you just get on there and there's so many ideas and so much you can do. 
And it's like, how do you weed through all of that and figure out what you actually want? And it, it, so just stay, stay away from the, all of those resources. It's just so overwhelming and you can get decision fatigue so easily and turn more introspectively. What brings me joy? What brings me peace? What makes my soul happy? Like, do I like more traditional things? Do I want to be a little more modern and push some boundaries? Um, do I like bright colors? Do I like calm colors? Like what brings me joy in my soul? Um, functionality. I think that's a big thing for most people because no matter how big or small your house is, if it's not functional, you're going to go crazy. So whatever the, it looks like, taking the time to really think through how does my family function? Like, what are our needs? Do we work from home? Do we homeschool? Do our kids, you know, are they in sports? Are they out in the dirt all the time and they need somewhere to clean off before they come in my house? Do we entertain? Do we have a lot of people over? You know, really thinking through how you want your life to look like living in this house will allow you to really design it with a functionality that works for you. And every family is different. So you can't just look online and see all these other ideas because your individual needs are going to be so custom to your family. I lo- I love that. I'm I'm thinking through um like the different houses that we've lived in since since my husband and I have been married and um like our old house didn't have um any sort of mudroom or really entry. And that was fine when it was just the two of us. But then when we had our girls, all of a sudden we had a stroller and it was huge because there were two of them and, you know, (laughs) shoes and coats and all these things. And we just never had a good spot, like any sort of drop zone or mudroom or anything. And so, I mean, it it, like our stroller ended up just sort of living in our living room along with all of our (laughs) shoes. And so it's things like that, that we, you know, as we, we moved about a year ago and that's one of the things that I'm so glad that we have is just like a little, it's just kind of a little drop zone, but it makes all the difference. And Um, It doesn't have to be big. Like, honestly, even that house, 3,700 square feet, when you think that, you know, it's four kids at home, homeschooling, two work from home parents, it's not that big. And if you walk in it or if you see pictures of it, and one of the greatest compliments the lady that ended up buying it from us says is it just truly feels like home. Like, it just feels this cozy feeling. And none of the rooms were just big to be big. Like, they were appropriately sized and but it didn't feel like, oh, this is just so big that it doesn't feel warm and inviting. It doesn't have to be big. It can be a small space as long as it has the functions that you need to put your stroller, to put your dirty shoes, to put those things. That's what's yeah. more important than just having... I think where we live at, you know, there's so many cookie cutter homes. And like one of our friends, they have this primary bedroom and... I'd say three quarters of it, they don't even use because it's just so big. Like, what would you even use that for? You know, big space does not equate to, you know, happiness at all. (laughs) Yes. Um, You said, I love it that the woman who bought your house said, like, it feels like home. As you've been doing this work, are there like some specific things that you found really make a difference in a, a house feeling like a home? I think so. And it may, you know, maybe different for other people, but it, putting the functionality into place, but then just like na- lots of natural light. That's something that's, you can't fake it. You can't put it, yes. you know, it's hard to put it in later. So it's something that is so simple to add when you're designing the house, just put in some extra windows, some extra doors, and, you know, your cost goes up minimally, 
but it truly makes a, fit, a space feel just so comfortable and inviting by having natural light. And then just, you know, using um, different materials that make it feel like home. So it's not just like one sterile environment, you know, but really you got different wood textures and tones and different materials throughout the home that really just make it feel cozy. Yeah. I heard something, um, I think I wrote it down. I don't know where I put it though. Um, I like truly just wrote it on a piece of paper a couple days ago. (laughs) Um, But it was something where someone was describing a home and they were like, Saying that the, the things in your home should have a story behind them. Or the oh, best yes. homes are, are things where that. like you can walk around and tell a story, you and know, that, for everything that you see. One of the coolest things about that house was every there wasn't a single room that was just drywall, right? Like every single mm-hmm. room had something in it and a story behind it. Like this is how we got the brick that we put behind the bed in the primary bedroom. This is where yeah. we got the ceiling in our living room. This is the story behind it. You know, every single thing we did had a story. And then the decor for me personally, and this won't be the same for everyone, but you know, I grew up in the Midwest. My family were farmers um, you know, in, in years past. And a year before my grandfather died, he said, hey, do you want to come pick my barn with me? And I said, absolutely. So we go out to this barn that has you know generations worth of stuff in it. And he says, what do you want? And I said, no, no, that's not how this is going to work. I said, I want to walk around with you. And I want you to tell me what you remember about every single item that we talk about. Like who, who it belonged to, what it was used for, any memories you have about it. So he did. He spent the entire afternoon going through telling me all these amazing stories about these random antiques. And then, you know, at the end, I loaded my car up and I I brought him back to Florida with me and he passed away a year later. So I'm so thankful that it happened when it did. And most of those items were displayed in my home. And, you know, I know those are trendy at the moment, but that was something I truly loved. And I always have and always will. And is a piece of me and a piece of my family and my history and having both those things in the home, um, just oh, the feeling that it's just, it's just indescribable. I love that. I love that. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. 
Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Backing up a little bit, you know, we were talking about social media and Pinterest and how it can be so overwhelming because there are so many ideas. Is there a, like, do you have any suggestions for where we should go for inspiration without getting so caught up in like biting off more than we can chew or starting to feel like, nothing I do is going to be good because I don't have a, you know, $12 million budget or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that we're looking at. Sure. So first of all, category, like I like to go through and make categories, whether you do like a, a physical file, like a physical box that you're putting, printing things out and putting it in the box or just on Pinterest, making boards and really just ironing out what you really love instead of you know seeing all these things and like that are so different from each other try to figure out what it is about all those different things that you like so you know there may be one like super modern kitchen and then one super farmhouse kitchen and you love them both 
well, what is it about both of them that you love? Is it the feeling that it evokes? Is it the open shelving that maybe they both have, the color they both have? Like, what is it about those two things that those two extremes that you love so much? And just really defining your personal style and then going from there and looking at the options in your budget. So you can't always afford, you know, the top dollar tile from Tile Bar, but maybe you can go to Home Depot and find something that's very comparable um, that you can do a replication of what you're inspired by without going full out on the budget. Okay. Or even second handing, second, second, like repurposing things. Like if you go have a habitat for humanity near you or somewhere that re- sells um, construction goods, um, check those places out. Facebook Marketplace. My husband is the, the king of Facebook Marketplace. So you can find so many amazing things on there. That is amazing. That is amazing. Where are some places that you, you know, now that you've done this, like as um, in depth as you have, like the fact that you guys, like built your house, you've you've touched every piece of your home. Uh, how do you, where are some places where we should like spend the money? Yes. Like just spend, spend the money. Spend the money. Um, <laughs> versus don't spend the money on yeah. that. Like what kind of where, what are some things that fall in each of those categories? So it kind of depends on the perspective you're looking at it. If you're looking at it from like just a room perspective, where are you going to spend your most time? Like for me, I love to cook and you know, with as many kids as I have, I'm in there a lot. So I wanted a kitchen that I truly loved. I'm going to be spending my time there. I want it to be organized. I want it to be beautiful. I want lots of natural light coming in. So that was something that was a big priority to me. If you prefer uh, maybe entertaining, so you're going to put your money onto a beautiful back porch and you're landscaping, maybe put a pool in. Um, just what you, wherever you want to spend your time, um, that's where I would focus most of my energy. But then as far as the materials themselves, when you're doing anything, every single trade is going to try to upsell you, right? Like you should upgrade your insulation. You should upgrade your drywall. You should upgrade your paint, upgrade your flooring, upgrade, 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 right? And by the time you get to the end, your budget's gone. So you have to remember that while some things may be valuable, the finishes are what you're going to look at on a daily basis. So making sure you save enough money so that the faucets and the lights and the countertops, the things that you're going to be looking at every day, that is where you spend the bulk of your budget. Because, or not the bulk, but you save enough to make sure you can do what you want there. Because once that drywall's up, you're not going to see that inflation again. You're not going to see those two by fours again. You're not going to see what's underneath there again. So. Yes, some of those upgrades are nice and they do have like, you know, energy efficiency and, you know, whatever. They, those things, there's a pro and a con to all of it. You got to balance it all out. But just remember when you're allocating that budget, what you're going to be looking at every day and making sure you save the budget for that. That is so tricky. The upgrade thing, like how do you know... Like when you said that, I got a picture, like a mental picture of like taking my car in for, you know, an oil change. And all of a sudden it's like, if the person tells me that my car needs something and they use some words that I'm like not totally sure I understand, <laughs> like, I, like I'm going to believe them, you know? And so I when know. you're talking to me about insulation, my first thought is like, I should probably do the upgrade, right? Because like, I don't want to be cold or hot. I know. So like how your do you noises. know, like, how do you know... Where what, can you what's go? What's worth it and what's not? Yeah, and, and like, 
Like you really so, do need to do this. How, where's a source that you can go for like the- I, I need to write another book. <laughs> seriously, seriously. I have a really in-depth blog series that I did um, talking about like doing a builder grade house and like what you should upgrade with the builder versus what you shouldn't upgrade with the builder. Okay. So that- at, that's at just at farmhouse.com. That's okay. you know, a good we'll place if that. you're doing like a builder grade house. But you know, I'm not going to touch on every single item, but just researching. So when it comes time to do that insulation, talk to if you have any friends in your life that are contractors, get online, do some reading. It is way more important to research than it is to actually do the things. Because spending a few extra hours researching it and making sure that you're getting all the information that there is to get will save you so much time, headache, and heartache later on down the road. And money. Like if you spend spend two hours being like, okay, this insulation versus this insulation, you can figure out like, if you have someone in your family who is a drummer, then maybe where you keep the drum kit is like, (laughs) that room needs like some extra soundproofing or, you know, something like that. Exactly. you can figure out like if the upgrade is actually important. Exactly. If what it'll and think get it through. You like, is this, yeah, like you said, or like if you're doing a podcast, do I need a room that has extra insulation? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I want to keep this room quieter. So yeah, just think through the functionality of it and just really research every single item. Don't just take any contractor's, you know, word for granted and just hook, line, and sinker be like, oh yeah, sure. And even if it is something though, and you're like, oh yes, that would be a lovely upgrade but I really need that budget to go toward that kitchen sink I really want, then just keep that other point in mind that you're going to look at that kitchen sink every day. Once that insulation's in place, you're not going to see it again. That's. It sounds like it's a lot of like just weighing. Like, Why do you think we haven't started our new build yet? <laughs> is that like you're kind of stuck on well, all I those things? Out, like we moved in here. We're in a rental right now. Okay. And we bought, so we sold the house, bought land, and we were going to start building right away moved into here. And a month later, I found out this little bun was in the oven. And I was like, I can only build one thing at a time. Right now I am building a baby Uh and the house is just going to have to wait because it is so much. Like It truly just consumes you. All your decision-making, all your thought process is about that house. And I'm like, I just want to savor this pregnancy and the newborn stage. You know, I really just want to enjoy this baby and we'll just that house can wait. <laughs> that totally... Like, I can build one thing at a time. I need to like write yes. that down. Um, yes, yes. That's amazing. Well, okay. I want, I want to get some clarity on this. Let's say that someone is thinking about doing some renovations to their house because I think that probably more people... I think probably more people listening are like, I have something that I'd like to change in my house. Like, I, you know, I'd like to have my kitchen cabinets be a different color or something like that than completely starting from scratch. What are some projects that are like easy, um, lots of bang for your buck fixes? Like things like, yeah, right. you could totally do that yourself. Or like, no, really seriously, hire someone. Like don't try to do that yourself. <laughs> well, again, it comes back to time versus money. So if you have the time to research and figure it out, I don't think there's anything that is just totally off the table that you should not take on yourself. Like truly, I mean, electrical plumbing, if you're getting into that kind of stuff and you have no clue what you're doing, yes, please hire the professional. <laughs> but, or at least have someone that knows what they're doing come in and work with you. Yeah. But yeah. as far as just the you know regular routine stuff. Um, but bang for your buck, your kitchen and your primary bathroom are the two biggest things that will always give you a big ROI on your house. So 
put a backsplash in, paint your cabinetry. Those are just, you know, very simple and expensive. You could put a backsplash in for like $200 probably. Um, I don't, materials have gone up a little bit, so maybe a little bit more. Um, yes, anything you can do in the kitchen will give you a good ROI. Is it possible um, to paint your cabinets yourself? I feel like someone Absolutely. told me that that's like... Like it's easy to mess up or something. Is that... It, it is. I mean, do your research. Like really, you know, know what you're getting into. Know what you're doing. Make sure you're doing it right. Spend the money to get the proper equipment and okay. set everything up properly. But absolutely. I have several friends that have painted their own cabinetry. And it, like, I feel like that would make a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. Especially if they're like newer cabinetry, but just not the right stain. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you have like, you know, 1990s cabinetry with the all the arches and stuff, Paint doesn't make as big of a difference, but if you have really good shapes, like real standard shapes, and then you paint them, that's like totally update your kitchen so fast. All right. All right. So kitchen and bathroom. Yes. Kitchen and bathroom are the best two places that you can um, invest your money. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And do, you know, like a, a, a shower, a new shower, put some new tile in, put new flooring down. And especially if you're not getting into your plumbing or your electrical, that, you know, you that's very simple to do. Okay. Okay. One of the things that we've played around with the most, we haven't done a ton of DIY things. We've always tried. Like yeah. every time we've moved, we've we've looked at like some real fixer-uppers, like real fixer-uppers. There was one where it was like, be careful, you might fall through the floor. And we're like, yeah, we can we, totally. We just finished one like that. <laughs> yes, we're like, we can totally yeah. do, like, we could totally do this. And I think we could, my husband's like super, he's the kind of guy that can figure out anything. If he has, if he has the time, he can figure out anything. Yeah. Um, but every time we, it just has like not been the right time. And so uh, we've always ended up getting like fairly new houses or, or kind of builder grade, like uh, right. new builds. And uh, it's just been so, it's like truly been like God's kindness to us being like, you don't need that right now. Like yeah, you don't it's need- It's a lot of stress. Yeah, you don't, you have a, there's a lot of other things that, that are, you have going on in your life right now. Like let's <laughs> not girls. have, yeah, twin girls, let's not have something where you could potentially fall through the floor for the yeah, first couple yes. of years. Yeah, and those are a lot. We just did one, it was built in 1920 which is crazy because the one we're doing now is built in 1890. So it was actually 30, it's 30 years older than the last one we did. Yeah. And it's in such better shape. The one that was built in 1920 was literally falling apart. The person that had purchased it before us had owned it for like 20 years. And he had tried to do some of the DIYs himself and just, he should not have, he had no business doing what he did. We would find like live wires behind drywall. You just put up new drywall and call it a day. And that thing took us, I know, it took us definitely longer and it cost a lot more than we thought it would going into it. It was amazing once it was done and so beautiful. It turned out to be a fabulous project, but it was definitely, if you didn't know what you were doing, you would have gotten frustrated real quick. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If someone is wanting to flip houses or get into renovation for like other people... What's a what's a good like foot in the door that isn't buying a house that you're planning on living <laughs> in right away where you're going to fall yeah. through the floor? Like what exactly? How, how so, big of a project should we start with? Our our path to it started with you know the, we did flooring, tiles, so like bathrooms, um, just you know smaller things, and then like some kitchen DIYs. Then Daniel got into like insurance work. 
So if someone had, say, a flood or hurricane damage and the insurance company or the, the remediation company comes in, they dry it out, they get the mold out, and then Daniel will come in and put it back together. And that's kind of how we started piecing all these things together and figuring out how to do stuff. And then obviously building our own house, that was a major learning. He learned so much on that. Um, so that was kind of our path into it. And then after we built the house, we bought our first renovation. And that was the one that was falling apart and we completely rebuilt it. Um, but if you're someone else, say you're working full time, you know, that's not something you're doing for a career, then maybe just start by finding someone that needs a new bathroom or someone that needs tile or a contractor that will let you come work on the weekends with them and they can kind of fill you in on things that you would need to know to start um, those important pieces of the puzzle. And then just find a house that maybe just needs cosmetic. You know, it's not structural. It's not falling through. The walls aren't, you know, cockeyed. The beams aren't caving in like the house we're working on right now. Like just, it just needs some paint, you know, like some paint, new countertops, maybe some new flooring, just real simple things. Um, But just a quick fix, something that someone else doesn't have the time to live in and do those things. So you could come in, do those quick little things, flip it, make a quick buck. Um, and then just start growing your expertise, learning how to do this um, before you jump into a major renovation. Okay. Okay. So like, just start, start small. Start small. Yeah. Start, start small. small. Yes. Um, that's really, that's awesome. Just kind of as we're finishing up, what's been your favorite part of doing this work? Um, just seeing what I already see in my mind and getting to just bring it out into the world. I remember when we, when the house we built was in framing, I was walking around on the phone. I think I was on FaceTime maybe, or maybe it was a video. And I was giving like a tour, you know, and I was like, and this is going to be the office and this is going to be this, and this is going to be this. And my mom was like, you say it like you already see it. I was like, I do. Like, you don't, like you can't see it. You can't see it in your mind. And I don't know if everyone can see it that way when they're doing projects, but I see it and it's just so cool to just make it happen and figure out, you know, the materials and choosing all the different fun things that you get to choose. And then just putting it all together, crossing your fingers, saying a prayer, and then being like, wow, it actually looks good. <laughs> That's so cool. That's it is so, so cool. fun. Um, the last thing I want to ask you, and, uh, you know, I, I'm working on a project that I don't, I won't have um, announced by the time this comes out. So it's, I'm, okay. this is going to sound a little vague, but okay. I'm working on a project and it has me wondering like how different women put the pieces of their lives together. Yeah. I want to just ask everybody, like, how do you do it? And, and I think that part of that is, uh, this is what you do see. Like, this is what people see of my life. This is what they don't see. Um, this is how it happens. This is These are the things that we just don't do because we are doing these other things or these are the other, these are the balls that I'm dropping on a regular yes. basis. So, so I, I want to know for you, like, how do you make your life work? What are the things <laughs> that, you know, people follow you on Instagram and this is what they see, but what they don't see is... Yeah, kind of and I have, I have actually shared videos about that before. Like, you know, you guys see all the fun projects and all the cool things I'm doing, but what you're not seeing is the mountain of laundry piled up, and that I forgot to, that it was pajama day at the kids' homeschool co-op, 
or, you know, whatever, like all these things behind the scenes. And as we've progressed in our lives and I've learned to put systems into place, ask for help that I didn't ever used to do before. So now like if my laundry is piled up, I will, there's a laundry service I can call and they'll come pick it up and they'll bring it back off, you know, folded and clean. I can put it away. Um, I now have someone that comes into my home three days a week to help with the kids from 10 to one, like help me tutor and just, you know, make sure their schoolwork is staying on where it's supposed to be. Um, I have a cleaner that comes in when I need her, when I'm like, okay, I'm pulling my hair out. Like I need some help here. They don't deep clean, but you know, they'll come in and just kind of help, you know, get the surface back to neutral when I'm like deep, neck deep in a project. And I'm just gone with my husband every single day. Um, so I've learned to get help, but that's only been in the last, um, six months, probably. Okay. But before that, I didn't have the help and I didn't have any of those things. And I do remember feeling like just so frustrated because you just can't, you can't do it all. No matter, you know, I, I don't need a lot of sleep. I do have a lot of energy. I, I try really hard, but even at my best, I can't, and I'm going to fail at something and giving myself grace I found was just so important. And as long as my kids are fed and happy and have some sort of clothing on, (laughs) you know, just giving myself grace, giving them grace and just trying to enjoy where we're at in the moment and not stress about the things that I know are not getting done. Because otherwise I would have driven myself crazy, especially when we were in the thick of that build, because truly we were over there, you know, seven days a week from sunup to sundown. And there were massive pieces of my life that were just getting dropped. And... I just had to focus on the things that were important, the things, you know, that were life or death um, and then just give myself grace on the rest of it. And, you know, now here we are four years later. Do the kids remember if they had clean laundry or not? No, they don't remember that, you know. They just remember that mommy wasn't completely stressed out all the time and um, the fun that we had together in that process. So giving yourself grace is just so important. I I love that you know, one of the things I've been thinking about so much is the fact that there are there are seasons for different things. Like yeah. only so many things can be at the top of your list um, at any given time. I mean, really, probably only one thing can be at the top of your list, but we'll be, <laughs> we'll get creative As and say well, a couple. I think we can do probably three. Yeah, let's say three. <laughs> so three things can be at the top of your list, but that kind of rotates. You know, there are times like when, you know, when my girls were tiny, I, there was nothing, I couldn't fit anything else on my list. Like right. just truly, I was so overwhelmed for so long there. I just, there was nothing else that could fit at the top. But then, you know, they got a little bit bigger. We all started sleeping a little bit more. We kind of were getting the hang of how to keep them alive. And then we right. got more help and then more things yeah. got to kind of float up to the top. And, and now we had time for just a few other things as well. Um, right. But I like the idea that it rotates and and there's seasons for different things. So if you're building a house by yourself, then, you know, everyone can deal with, you know... Dirty laundry. Dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can and just I like wear too, that shirt one like, more time. Yeah, exactly. And for us too, we just, uh, we tried really hard to involve our kids. So it didn't feel like this was something that just stole mommy and daddy from them. Um, you know, we'd bring them with us and we'd, you know, who can pile up the most dirt? Who can pick up the most screws off the ground? Who can, you know, like we'd have competitions to see who could do different things. And we would just talk to them about it because when you're a child, it's just totally different um, understanding of time. As an adult, we can say, okay, this is an 18-month project, 18 months of our lives, this is going to consume, and then we're good. We're, you know, life will be so much better after that. 
a child, life has changed. You know, my mommy used to be here with me 24 seven and now like I don't see her right now. What's going on? So just really talking to them, explaining the process, reassuring them that this isn't going to last forever. This is just a season. Mommy's heart is with you. And, you know, we're going to get through this together and it's going to be, we're going to be stronger and better for it. Yeah. And just remembering that, you know, just communicate with the kids. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you have any just last um, words of wisdom for someone who is thinking about taking on a big project uh, to really create create a dream home for themselves? Just knowing that you can truly accomplish anything that you set your mind to, anything that you dream of, if you just start taking small steps, doing your research, really trying to figure out and set those goals, you can accomplish anything. But more importantly, learning to be content and happy right where you're at, even if none of those things ever come true, finding true joy and happiness in the moment will get you so much further. Because even if you do accomplish all of those fabulous things and you have the perfect house and everything's perfectly organized and functional, if you've not learned to find joy where you're at in the moment, you're still not going to be happy. And there's still going to be you know, a bigger house, a better house, a nicer kitchen, a more beautiful tile. And so instead of focusing outward on those things, focus inward and learn to find just true contentment and happiness right where you're at. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad we got to connect. Thanks. I am too. You guys, isn't Noelle amazing? I just loved our conversation. Now, don't forget that if you ever want to find the links for anything we talk about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything, including links for Noelle, so you can pick up her book and follow along with all the great stuff she's doing. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. I won't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask you a favor. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I'd be so grateful. Friends, thank you so much for joining me for Girls' Night and I'll see you next week.